This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and co-host of Locked on NBA Thursdays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Now, so much to talk about in today's show. The, The Rockets are just absolutely struggling um and if this is not this is not a normal struggle and we're going to get into this um 11 straight losses in a row not great uh the team is in absolute disarray from the top to the bottom it felt like they were kind of making steps in the right direction uh, against the blazers friday night they still lost that game but the execution felt better in, in certain regards. And then they came in against the Phoenix Suns and just everything seemed, they basically seemed to take a step back across the board. But the one guy who didn't appear to take a step back and the guy who has been so impactful this entire season, the game just feels different. The Rockets actually look like a competent basketball team when he was, when he is on the floor is Alperin Shingun. Shingun finished this game against the Suns with his first career double-double. 10 points, 10 rebounds, 4 of 6 shooting, missed his only 3-point attempt, 2 of 3 from the charity stripe, had 4 assists, and had a block in 22 minutes of run. Alper and Shingun continues to show why he deserves a larger role, and Steven Silas took the time post-game to, you know, uh, this is this was another frustrating post-game presser. The frustration you can tell from the players, from Steven Silas, that this losing streak is taking its toll on them, that it's rough. It's not quite to 20 games yet like it was last season, but it's mounting and it's difficult. And when asked about the slow starts the teams have been getting off to or that the team has been getting off to and whether or not he's considering a change to the starting lineup, Steven Siles gave a one-word answer. It said, possibly. So this, in my mind, should mean plugging Alper and Shingun into the starting lineup in place of Daniel Tice because it is so apparent to me, to you, to, I'm sure, to a majority of the Rockets brass that the team plays better basketball with Alper and Shingun on the floor. And there, there's no way about that. It's at this point, it's simply about it's not about veteran versus rookie or or whatever. No, it's it's just about talent. Alper and Shingun is a more talented basketball player and a better complementary piece to the rest of the Rockets starting lineup than Daniel Tice is. These are the numbers right now. The 
Five-man lineup numbers for Daniel Tice and the rest of the Rockets starters. So KPJ, Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice have played a total of 11 games together. They have a sample size of 146 minutes played with those five guys on the floor. Their offensive rating is currently 81.9 points per 100 possessions. Their defensive rating is a 104.9 for a net rating of minus 23. That is atrocious for a starting lineup net rating. It is abysmal. It does not look good in the slightest. Alperin Shingun does not immediately jump off the page as a phenomenal like number, at least with the rest of the starters. It's significantly better, but the same starting lineup, so swap Shingun for Daniel Tice, has an offensive rating of 101.4 and a defensive rating of 115.9 for a net rating of minus 14.5. Now, they've only played four games together across 31 minutes of action. So a significantly smaller sample size there, unfortunately, but the eye test suggests that Alperin Shingun is a better complementary piece to the rest of the Rockets starters. Now, I will say that there is a small part of me that thinks that when Steven Silas is talking about possibly making a change to the starting lineup, it might not mean Daniel Tice, right? Or it could possibly mean Daniel Tice, and it might also mean Jalen Green, who has definitely, definitely struggled a lot like and this is something that Rockets fans aren't going to want to hear they're not going to want to hear Jalen Green off the bench I get it I'd rather him be the focal point and be in the starting lineup but not if it's going to be a disadvantage or a disservice to him right because he's struggling against opposing defenses. Now, a part of the reason that he's struggling is because of the lineup issues where the Rockets do not have complimentary pieces placed around him and it's causing problems. The spacing is atrocious. Jalen Green couldn't get anything done against the Phoenix Suns inside the paint because they were just overloading the paint on every single one of his drives. So, like, that's frustrating because they have two, I can't say, I don't want to say non-shooters in Daniel Tice and Jay Sean Tate, but two guys that defenses are willing to sag off of in, in those two those two players. And so they're just overloading the paint and making life absolute hell for Jalen green on drives. So maybe he finds more success coming off the bench. Maybe they start Eric Gordon instead and you get Jalen green off the bench. He gets more reps. He gets to attack opposing second units as opposed to having to start against the best of the best in the NBA. Maybe that's a possible switch. I don't know what direction Steven Silas is going to go with this. All I know is that Alperin Shingun needs to be starting. The Anything else past that is secondary. Alperin Shingun is playing like the best big man on this Rockets roster on both sides of the floor. That's, that's where we're at right now. Christian Wood has been inconsistent. He has not been the Rockets' best big so far this season. Um, Alperin Shingun has earned that title so far in my eyes and you know with and he's been doing it in a much smaller in much fewer minutes been putting up his numbers you know right and the the issue with Alperin is is he going to be able to stay out of foul trouble long enough to get up to you know 25 plus 30 minutes plus a night that's going to be the biggest question moving forward for him but at this point he has showcased enough that he deserves to be the starter moving forward now 
I want to get into some of the game details from Rocket Suns, maybe a little bit from Rocket's Blazers as well, um, as well as in segment three, hit on some of the random notes from this past weekend, as well as, you know, has Steven Silas lost the Rockets locker room? We're going to hear Eric Gordon's post-game media availability and uh, a little bit of interesting social media activity from EG as well. And we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy option out there. It's daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers, offers all these superstar players as well as bench players that are only recording a handful of minutes each and every game. Look, this it's so simple, it's so easy. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code MBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And another message from our friends over at DirecTV, because I'm sure this sounds familiar, right? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, plus you got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff that you're missing out on, right? Let me tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. We appreciate you making Locked on your first listen of the day. Now, this Rockets-Suns game, as Poorly as the Rockets played, the Suns also played a really abysmal game through through two halves of basketball. The Rockets were only down seven at halftime, despite how atrocious they had been, despite turning the ball over, almost averaging like a turnover per minute for the first like 14, 15 minutes of this game, um, you know, coughing the ball up a ton of different times. Some really, really lazy passes from Christian Wood, I thought, in this game. He got, there was one where he, turn the ball over almost immediately in, in the backcourt and uh, Steven Silas, you know, jumped off the bench and clapped his hands, called a timeout, was furious with Christian Wood. Um, you know, just a really showing, showing an utter lack of discipline. And I think that's a big component to this Rockets team is in addition to the youth, you've got the, the mounting losing streak. They haven't pulled together a win in 11 games and guys are frustrated, right? And that frustration is showing on the basketball court. And this is the worry. This is the worry when you have a young team. And this is why anybody who's just like, Oh, it's fine that they're losing all these games, right? Just let them lose, you know, Paolo Ben Ben Caro and, 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 and Chet Holmgren. And you know, no. All right. This it's bad because this is what starts the formulation of bad habits. They're hanging their head. They're not doing the right thing. It, it, It generates kind of a, you know, uh, I'm going to get mine mentality, right? Where everybody's kind of out for themselves. And instead of, you know, playing a team oriented team basketball, team focused concept, 
even though it's it's hard to ingrain those that philosophy into a group of guys when they don't see the results, when they keep losing, when there's nothing but L's in the win and loss column, right? It's to, there's it's it's not a win loss column at this point. It's just a loss column, just L's straight down the 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 whole you know just L L L L. It's rough, right? These guys are human. They've got emotions. It's it's not human nature to want to lose at things, especially when you're a competitor at one of at the highest level of your profession as an NBA player, right? There's nowhere else past the NBA. NBA is the top, the tippy top. They've made it there. And now they're just getting their asses kicked every night. That sucks, right? We talked about this last season during the 20 game losing streak and how that can be so negatively impactful to, you know, development towards growing a cohesive unit, all of that. And Christian Wood said post game that they are still together, that they are still on the same page, um, that, you know, nobody's jumping ship, that everybody's still putting the work in, you know, saying all the right things. But is that the truth? And, and I'll talk about that a little bit in the third segment, specifically with Christian Wood and with Eric Gordon. But this game was ugly all over the place. Uh, the Rockets had no answer early on for JaVale McGee, who at, you know, the first few minutes of this game looked like he was going to, you know, look like prime Shaq, you know, getting whatever he wanted offensively was out rebounding the Rockets himself. McGee finished the night with 19 points, 14 beat or 14 boards had seven offensive rebounds in this game. Cause the Rockets had were seemingly disinterested in any idea of, of boxing him out and keeping him off the offensive glass uh, until Alper and Shingun checked in when Shingun was in, he actually uses his body really well to box out opposing players. Um, and, you know, that's why I was clamoring for more Alper and Shingun minutes in this game. Kevin Porter Jr. came back after having a really successful outing against the Portland Trailblazers. Looked like he was kind of had a new mentality shift about him, about, you know, not necessarily being just kind of playing his game, right? Like letting the game come to him, uh, you know, being aggressive still, trying to set other guys up, but not so much in a traditional point guard role, which is what he mentioned after the Blazers game, just trying to play his game, right? He either gets a bucket or he sets a guy up, right? And that's KPJ. I've said it before. He's the kind of guy that needs to rely on his scoring to open up the rest of his game. Felt like he was trying to do that again in this game, but just, you know, it was just a rough, rough night for him. Um, Again, just like Jalen Green, he was struggling to get anything going inside um, with any consistency because of the way that the Phoenix Suns were overloading the paint uh, because of the Rockets' lack of outside shooting. So KPJ finishes the evening with just 12 points on 5 of 15 shooting, just 2 of 7 from behind the three-point line, 6 turnovers for KPJ. So after only having one turnover against the Blazers, he comes back down, has 6 of them against the Phoenix Suns. Um, Rough, rough night for him. And Jalen Green, um, this is this is the tough one because it's seemingly one. I'm not. I'm not going to say Jalen Green's three point shot's broken. It's not broken. Um, he does have a tendency to kind of like swing forward uh, on catch and shoot opportunities, I guess, because he's so used to shooting off the dribble or off the bounce um, that. You know, his body is used to being in motion when he's shooting. So he's struggling on wide open catch and shoot three point opportunities, which is not great because when the offense does generate those wide open looks for him, he needs to be able to sink them. It was 0 of 6 from the three point line against the Suns. Um, it was 4 of 8 inside, uh, one of those being a, a really long two point attempt opportunity. And he had a he had a little bit of success at times where he was able to get that first step and get through and past the Suns defense um, and, you know, finish right at the rim. But the spacing has been so atrocious for this Rockets team. 
And like I said already, the, the Suns were just able to overload the paint in so many different ways that it basically shut down almost all these different driving lanes for Jalen Green. Um, he's been struggling to get his because the Rockets offense at for everybody, for, for Green, for KPJ, for Christian Wood, it does not do a good enough job of creating advantages, creating opportunities for these Rockets to score. It's a lot of dribble handoff sets where the timing is just a little bit off on stuff where there's, you know, movement happening, you know, on the weak side or off ball, but guys aren't exactly quite sure what to do. And then when it does devolve into a play where a guy is just ISOing, you know, trying to, trying to make a move on somebody, you'll see guys cutting at the wrong time, or you'll see guys, you know, drifting out of the corner and, then suddenly a pass goes sailing by because whoever had the ball was expecting somebody to be in the corner. They're just not on the same page offensively. Um, you know, and this is, this is some bad basketball that we're being, you know, that we're, that we're watching from this Rockets team. Like it's one thing to be a rebuilding team. Sure. And it's one thing to be, you know, to, to be struggling because you're a rebuilding team, but this is like, this is not common. Like right now, the Rockets are on like an eight or nine win pace for the season. That's not normal. The Rockets won 17 games last year and were the worst team in the NBA by a wide margin. And they still won 17 games and they had some nights where they looked really, really competitive. Now, I will say the opening stretch of the season has not been friendly to the Rockets and they very could they very could well be, you know, four and, you know, four and nine, four five and eight, whatever right now, uh, they lost a handful of games due to, you know, some, some reasons like shooting themselves in the foot, you know, the free throw shooting, the turnovers have been issues, but as they've gotten deeper and deeper in this losing streak, they're getting away. They're not executing the things that they need to be executing now. And now we're in the danger territory of, okay, are people suddenly giving up on, on what this team is trying to accomplish? Are they, are they out on coach Silas have the players turned on him, right? Because it's one thing to have that 20 game losing streak happen in the middle part of the season after, you know, kind of having an okay start to things. Now they're in the midst of a losing streak and they've only won one game so far. It's absolutely like critical, like critical red alert, DEFCON five level stuff for this Rockets team, because if they don't pick up a win soon, then we're going to, I think we're going to start seeing like tempers boil over. We're going to see guys getting frustrated. We're already kind of seeing that out of some guys. So coming up, I do want to run back uh, Eric Gordon's post-game media availability. And we'll do that after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, I love Thanksgiving. Everybody, who doesn't love Thanksgiving, right? All the pie, all the food, so many tasty treats, so many different options, right? But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so absolutely just filled with calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of, you know, anywhere from, you know, north of 300 calories, right? And that's just on the low end. Most built bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar, but they've got tons of protein. They're basically candy bars that are jam packed with protein. Swap out the coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of, you know, raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie slice that you may be craving this holiday season. Low cal, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose some weight. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order of the best tasting protein bars. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. 
And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. We appreciate you making Locked on Rockets your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd is absolutely killing it in the fantasy basketball game. Go listen to Locked on Fantasy Hoops. Now, let's dive into kind of just final thoughts, miscellaneous thoughts from from this, you know, from this Rockets Suns fiasco. Uh, let's run back Eric Gordon's post game media availability really quick, and then we'll talk about it. Executing and running the offense correctly. This seemed like a slide at the back slide. What, what would lead to that? Why would that happen? Um, I'd say it's been happening all year. Um, we struggle to get a hundred points. It's you know. A lot of different things, you know. Like I said before, is we hurt ourselves in so many ways to where, um, you know, um, it's just a lot. It's, it's just a lot to overcome. Can you talk about the the slow starts that you on again in the first quarter? Um, it's a continuous thing. Um, um, you know. I mean, all you can do is control what you control. I know when I get out there, I really try to get things going, not just individually, but for everyone else to get going. And, uh, you know, that second unit is really what played very, very well. But uh, there's just, you know, uh, it's just tough, man. It really is. It seemed like last game you had the turnovers under control. What happened this game? Oh, well, you know, we have – we have more issues than just turnovers. You know, we, uh, like I said, it's always been a struggle for us all year to even get 100 points. Um, um, you know, as you can see, we had 23 turnovers. Um, you know, it's hard to beat any team like that. And, you know, it's, we don't really shoot the ball well. You know, we don't, just all the little things that we, we just don't, there's a lot of little things that we don't do to, to help one another. And uh, like I said, it's just, it's just tough. Would that come with more organization offensively versus kind of playing into it with pace and then transition? Would it help just to kind of get things going and settle down? I mean, yeah, it, I mean, you would think so. You know, we know basketball. You guys definitely know basketball. And, uh, you know, as you can see, we're, uh, we're struggling. And, uh, you know, we have our moments. Uh, where we, we do play well in stretches, but not enough to, to to win a game. And of course we're young, but, you know, sometimes it's just not an excuse. And, uh, you know, um, we're just dealing with a tough time. Sensing any frustration kind of with each other at this point right now? I don't know. I mean, when you're one to 12, that's, I'll tell you. What about the, the, the frustration with the, the rotations? How long do you think that it's going to take before you all can find the right combination? Uh, that's a coach question. Talk a, little bit about question. talk a little bit about the second unit, um, you know, finding some success tonight. Can you talk about Alfred Sherman's impact and, and what you're seeing out of him on a nightly basis? I like Alfred. I mean, he's been great from day one. You can tell he's very experienced uh, for, for a young guy and, um, I like what he brings to the table and, you know, his future is bright. I mean, his future is, is bright. He can do a lot of different things and uh, uh, I like his game. So EG is 
frustrated. Um, I managed to sneak in a question there at the end about Alper and Shingun uh, and his impact. And that was, you know, the happiest we'd seen EG in a minute. Uh, just talking about Alpi's play and impact. But, you know, th those answers did not inspire a lot of confidence. Um, EG very downtrodden in that interview. Um, very upset about what's going on with this team currently, the struggles that they are facing. And to top it all off, after this post-game interview, um, shout out to H-Town uh, Jeremy on Twitter, uh, who jokingly shared this tweet that then Eric Gordon went to go and like after the game. Steven Silas and David Cully, what did I deserve to get these guys as our coach from H-Town Jeremy on Twitter? Eric Gordon subsequently likes this tweet, calling out Steven Silas. Not only that, at one point during the game, uh, Christian Wood left the bench and was gone for a stretch and then came back and was extremely animated in you know a discussion with... Daniel Tice and DJ Augustine at the end of the bench, seemingly kind of trying to plead his case about something. And, you know, Christian Wood was asked about, you know, not directly about that post game. Steven Silas was asked about Christian Wood and you know, Silas said, we're all good. No issues. Um, so there's definitely some tension, some frustrations are boiling over from these players. Um, has Steven Silas lost the Rockets locker room? Has he lost the locker room 13 games into the season? Um, that would be an absolute shame if that were the case. Uh, I'm still not like I'm not out on Steven Silas yet. I think that there's possibly some factors that are outside of his control here with this team, you know, because I look at some of the ways that, you know, the veterans are being utilized. The fact that we're still seeing, you know, so many Daniel Tice minutes, the fact that we're seeing Daniel House Jr. still in the rotation, you know, maybe it's directions from the Rockets brass from Rafael Stone where they need to, you know, keep those guys in the rotation so that they're not just, you know, collecting mothballs on the bench and seemingly might still have some trade value around the trade deadline. Maybe that's it, right? Maybe that's he's getting directed from the upper ups. Keep playing these guys. We're going to try and move them at the deadline. You can go all in on the youth later, right? I'm not even 100% sure if that's the case, right? I think that at this point, you know, Steven Silas is trying to mix and match and find the right set of guys that are going to be able to win him some basketball games. And frankly, it's just the rotations and the lineups have just been frustrating. Um, I tweeted this out and I firmly believe that a lot of the Rockets issues stem from right now, not all of them, but a chunk of them stem from the fact that they're trying to stagger three bigs because it's an NBA where we're seemingly moving away from the idea of you know, double bigs on the floor at the same time. There's very few teams that actually run a double big lineup. And then not only that, the Rockets are trying to do it for a majority of their basketball game between uh, Shingun, Wood, and Tice. So you're starting Wood and Tice. You're then basically subbing out one of Tice or Wood for Shingun, usually Tice. Um, and you're left with minutes where you're just 
between those three guys soaking up a majority of minutes at the four or five spot, you're only getting a small stretch of the game where you're able to run, you know, only Shingun or only Christian Wood at the five spot. And for a team that wants to be able to get out and play with pace and really get out and transition and run up and down as much as possible, it's an anomaly to me that they are not an anomaly. It's, it's, uh, perplexing to me why they wouldn't opt to go one big significantly more often in some of these lineups because if you were to just again let's just make Daniel Tice disappear for a minute right you start Shingun you start Wood the first sub off the bench could be KJ Martin for Alper and Shingun. And then suddenly you slot Wood over at the five spot. You're putting him at the five spot against opposing bench units as opposed to starting units. So he's not hopefully not going to get as, you know, eaten up inside um, defensively. Uh, they'd be able to get out and run a little bit more. And then you can let Christian Wood play the majority of the first quarter, have Alper and Shingun, you know, check back in with a couple minutes left in the first or, you know, top of the second quarter. And then suddenly you run another so, you know, single big lineup with Alpi for a little bit, let Alpi get a breather and then close the half with Alpi and Wood out on the floor at the same time. Um, you can get creative with the lineups and staggering some more of those Rockets wing players that are sitting on the bench, KJ, Nwaba, Tate, House a little bit if needed, right? And I think the team would find a lot more success in doing that. The spacing would probably feel a lot better with just the one big as opposed to two bigs out there. Um, but we haven't seen that yet. And I don't exactly think even if Steven Silas does turn around and change the Rockets starting lineup and inject uh, Alperin Shingun as a starter over Daniel Tice or possibly even moving Eric Gordon into the starting lineup over Jalen Green, I don't necessarily know if that means that we're still going to that we're not going to still see 15 to 20 minutes a game out of Daniel Tice. It might just mean we get Alperin Shingun from the jump instead of, you know, later in the first through the second quarter, that kind of thing. There's not a one size fit fits all answer for this Rockets team right now, but this is not what a rebuild should look like. This is, this is some of the worst basketball that I've seen in recent memory. Um, and this team is frustrated. The players are frustrated. There aren't many bright spots to pull from this Suns game, unfortunately, because it was just that rough across the board. I will say a couple more random notes that I still have here. Um, Eric Gordon has continued to play really, really well. Um, he's played so well to start the season that I'm absolutely certain that Rafael Stone is currently fielding phone calls for Eric Gordon. And I just want to say that, you know, despite his frustrations, despite, you know, where he's at right now, he ba basically, right, kind of having his, uh, almost like having his James Harden moment, uh, on the podium, not quite as bad as, you know, the situation is crazy, but, you know, he basically had his I'm mentally checked out moment, you know, uh, after the Suns game. It was uh, it was that bad. You could feel the tension in the air with, with EG. So all that said, uh, when the Rockets do eventually find a trade partner for him, because I, I firmly believe that they will, he's really playing like he's having kind of a, a career renaissance. Almost he's playing some of the best basketball he has in recent memory when they do find a trade partner for him, it's going to be really disappointing to see EG gone. Um, he's been a fan favorite. He's been through the good times and the bad times now for this Houston Rockets team. I'm going to miss Eric Gordon when he's eventually no longer a Houston Rocket because I think you can safely say that being a Houston Rocket is was the most productive stretch of his NBA career to this point. And it's going to be 
it's going to be kind of sad. It's almost like a Chris Paul esque, right? Where he goes to, you know, Phoenix makes the finals run with Phoenix. And now you, you know, you point to, Oh, well his most successful trip to that point was with the Rockets. Um, now, you know, I think Chris Paul will be remembered more so as a Phoenix son, depending on what he does, obviously moving forward with them. But at least he's had the most playoff success of his career with the Suns now. And it'll be sad if that happens again with EG, because I want people to be able to remember EG as a Houston Rocket. But if he also goes on and, and wins a chip with a contender um, and finds career success elsewhere after Houston, it won't be I won't begrudge him for it. I just I, when I think Eric Gordon, I will always think about his time as a Houston Rocket. So that said, a couple more things from this one. Looks like uh, Eric Gordon, or not Eric Gordon, um, what do I want? There it is, that's a note. Uh, it looks like Josh Christopher has seemingly taken over the DJ Augustine minutes. Uh, so at least that's a trend in a positive direction for this Rockets team. So you don't have JC over there just, you know, riding the pine, not getting any burn. Uh, would like to see him get a little bit more run. Uh, he got two minutes of burn against the Blazers and then, he played a total of, doo, 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 not 17, where'd he go? Played 15 minutes against the Suns, but again, a big chunk of that was also kind of garbage time. Uh, but it looks like Steven Silas has moved away from DJ Augustine being in the rotation, going down uh, down the line to Josh Christopher, so I do like that development. And then KJ Martin is just a guy that you know continues to impress. Uh, I just have this one random note from him where one, he runs in transition so well. Um, you know, that's another thing where it's just like he fills the lanes tra in transition. He's a great finisher. Um, you know, just wanted to point, point out those highlights. He had a couple, you know, nice blocks against the Suns. Uh, it's always, you know, KJ Martin blocks just hit different. And then uh, I don't know. I just wrote down this this note over here. They have a sideline out of bounds play that they've run a handful of times for KJ Martin, where all he does is like cut hard into the paint and then sky up and get a lob straight from the, the sideline out of bounds play. And as I wrote this down, you can call a sideline out of bounds play a slob play, right? So I just wrote slob lob on like my notes. And that's literally all I wrote was KJ Martin slob lob. And I just felt like that was funny. I kind of like muttered that to myself a few times. So he actually missed this one against the Suns. Uh, the, you know, the pass just, you know, a little bit too hard to control um, for, for KJ, but uh, seemingly whenever they run that set and KJ gets the opportunity to just jump over everybody in the paint and finish right at the rim off the, uh, the slob lob set, uh, it's usually an easy two points. So I was surprised that he finally missed this one. I can't remember the last time that I saw him actually make that read and have that pass sent to him and he didn't convert on it. So I just wanted to throw that random couple of miscellaneous notes from this Rockets Suns game. Unfortunately, Final score not going the Rockets' way. It'll be really interesting to see how all of this situation pans out for the Houston Rockets because, like I said, right now they are in serious danger territory and they don't have time to breathe because they've got Memphis Grizzlies coming up on the second night of a back-to-back -back after getting thoroughly trounced by the Phoenix Suns. Maybe the Grizzlies will be a team that they can find a little bit of success again. We will see. As always, we'll keep you posted for everything going on right here at Locked on Rockets. If you haven't done so, please consider subscribing to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts, free and available on every single platform. Also, brand new YouTube channel. Go hit subscribe there. We would sincerely appreciate it. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.